now open it up to public participation. Any member of the public wish to make public comment on items not on the agenda? You have up to three minutes. Please state your name for the record, and your three minutes will begin. Hello, my name is Brian Butka. Um, I'm a resident of Sloganeer Trail, and I would like to give some comment on the potential closure of Slow Way. That's, not, that's an agenda item, sir. So when do I speak on that, ma'am? Um, that is on agenda item number five. And so I wait till then? Yes, please. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you very much. Next speaker. Robert MacDonald, Palm Coast. Uh, I read in the Observer... Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> I read in the Observer newspaper last week that um, due to some issues that we've had recently at city council meetings with some uh, residents that don't want to follow the rules, that um, we've now had to institute or we're going to implement having a metal detector at the door and we're also going to hire a private security guard to sit and babysit everybody. My concern is, and uh, I have the utmost respect for the officers, whoever sit over here, whether it be Mark or Dave Williams or this gentleman now who's now sitting here that I had the pleasure of meeting this morning. Um, I feel very safe and confident with knowing that someone of his caliber is sitting here. Um, I don't see the reason to have an additional security here. Um, this is not, I mean, anything can happen on any given day. We all know that. But this is not the hood. This is not, you know, the worst neighborhood in Palm Coast. Um, knock on wood. You know, everything has been safe for the years that we've been here, in this, especially in this spectacular building. And I don't know, I need somebody to explain to me why we need to have additional security at an additional expense. <coughs> um, it just doesn't seem logical. Um, if you're worried about, you know, the quote, image of a uniformed officer, put an undercover detective or put an undercover Flagler County Sheriff in here. This way he would blend in with everybody. I just think that the money that we're spending, and I'd really like to know how much more money we're spending on him, um, but I don't feel that there's a need to have a second security, especially when we have the, the best of the best sitting in this room already. I mean, really, there's got to be another way to spend that money. Thank you so much for your comments. Thank you for your comments. Next speaker. We'll close public comment. Mr. Morton, if you'll take that question, please. Yes, yeah, so the current security guard is costing us around $12,000 for the three-month trial period, which is uh, 90 days while we complete a comprehensive security analysis. Um, again, as 
as mentioned in the last meeting, we've had several incidences that I think warrant having some security presence here. Uh, to your point, Mr. McDonald, also during this alternatives analysis, I have worked and then continue to work with Sheriff Rick Staley in his office. Uh, we do have a proposal on the table for an FCSO PSO officer in lieu of private security. So as we get closer to uh, the end of the 90-day period, I'm going to um, discuss some findings and preliminary action plans with council on how I think we uh, intend to move forward as a city. So for right now, this is a, a placeholder measure uh, while, while we go ahead and evaluate security overall in the city hall facility. Okay, we will now move to agenda item number um, one, which are presentations, proclamations, proclamation February 18, dating violence awareness month. Councilmember Klupas will be presenting. I'd ask those receiving to please approach the podium. Whereas the city of Palm Coast is committed to the well-being and protection of youth, the safety of our communities, and to fostering a society based upon mutual respect for one another, with zero tolerance for any forms of victimization and abuse. And whereas teen dating violence is a serious crime that can involve physical, sexual, verbal, emotional, economic, or other abusive behavior, including harassment and cyberbullying via texting, emailing, instant messaging, or posting on social media. And whereas women who are 16 to 24 years in age are more vulnerable to intimate partner violence, experiencing abuse rates of nearly triple the national average. And whereas one in three adolescents in the United States is a victim of physical, emotion, emotional, or verbal abuse from a dating partner, a figure that far exceeds rates of other types of youth violence. One in 10 high school students has been purposefully hit, slapped, or physically harmed by a boyfriend or girlfriend. One in 10 teens reported sexual victimization from a dating partner and one in four teens in a relationship report their boyfriend or girlfriend isolating them from all friends and family. And whereas young people who have been victimized by an abusive dating partner can experience serious negative effects to their physical and emotional health and are more likely to be depressed, develop low self-esteem, perform poorly in school, engage in risky behaviors such as drug and alcohol use, and contemplate or attempt suicide. And whereas while dating violence affects teen, teens across all races, genders, religions, nationalities, sexual orientations, and socioeconomic statuses, it disproportionately affects lesbian, gay, and bisexual youth who experience rates of intimate partner violence that are almost twice as high as the rates for heterosexual youth. Transgender youth report even higher rates of victimization and dating violence than their heterosexual peers. And whereas parents and guardians of victims of dating abuse are often unaware of the problem, studies show that only 33% of teens in an abusive relationship ever told anyone about the behavior, and 81% of parents responded that teen dating abuse is not an issue or that they did not know whether it was an issue. Whereas Flagler County Advocates Alliance, comprised of Flagler County Sheriff's Office victim advocates, Flagler Beach Police Department victim advocate, State Attorney's Victim Advocates, 7th Judicial Cir Circuit Flagler and Family Life Center are working together to increase public understanding of this problem and mobilize community efforts to end human trafficking. 
Now, therefore, be it proclaimed by the mayor and the city council of the city of Palm Coast, Florida, that February 2021 be officially designated as National Teen Dating Violence Awareness Month in Palm Coast and applaud the efforts of the many victim service providers, police officers, prosecutors, national and community organizations, and private sector supporters for their efforts in promoting awareness about teen dating violence. Signed the 16th day of February 2021, City of Palm Coast Mayor Melissa Holland. Thank you, Mayor, and thank you, City Council. My name is Gary Perkins. I'm the Community Relations Advocate for the Family Life Center. Uh, and teen dating is a very, very big issue here in Fargo County. Um, we often talk about mental health, uh, and you know, I think me and my fellow advocates, uh, we realize the effects teen dating violence has on a person's mental health growing up, whether it's dealing with relationships or just uh, communication. Uh, so we have, services and a youth advocate named Rachel that's behind me um, to help out with these to help out with uh, teen dating violence and just making sure that the youth are developing uh, those those good relationship habits um, I invite you guys we do have a fundraiser coming up uh, at hammock wine and cheese on Sunday they're uh, putting on a benefit dinner for us and I invite anyone out there listening to, to attend as well. You can find our information on our website or on our social medias. Um, if you or anyone else you know may be experiencing domestic violence or sexual violence, please give our crisis helpline a call. It's 24-7-386-437-3505. Thank you. to agenda item number two, which is presentation COVID-19 updates. Mr. Morgan. Thank you, Honorable Mayor City Council. We have Captain Thomas Esconi here to present the COVID-19 updates. Good morning, uh, Mr. Mayor, City Council, Mr. Uh, City Manager, Tom Esconi, fire. Um, we continue to work with our uh, local, state, and federal partners. We're continuing following the CDC guidelines recommending six-foot social distancing and mask wearing where six-foot social distancing cannot be cannot occur. Uh, the numbers for in the state were at uh, 1,830,988. Flagler County were 5,646. And in the city, we're at uh, 4,684. We had 324 hospitalizations and 85 fatalities of COVID-19 thus far through this pandemic. Uh, it does appear in the last week that ED visits and COVID-like symptoms have started to decline um, here in our community. Um, I spoke with uh, Jonathan Lord uh, this past week, uh, talked to him about the, the vaccines and where we are. So um, Florida Department of Health has been receiving about 800 first dose of the Moderna vaccine each week. This week has increased to 1,200 vaccines or 1,200 doses. The overwhelming majority of these doses are being administered at the fairgrounds. A couple of weeks ago, the state began managing the appointments at the fairgrounds, but the county and city's uh, call center is still providing some support to residents to help them in registering for, um, under the state system. The county's community paramedic program continues to register and administer vaccines to the truly homebound individuals. 
second doses are being received on time for those individuals that uh, are vaccinated by the Depart uh, Department of Health and through the community paramedic program. Uh, the state's partnership with Publix um, is, is been fantastic. Uh, Publix has been re receiving and uh, administering about 1,200 first doses per week, and they do expect to have that second dose on time for their clients. I'm happy to say that uh, Flagler County is 12th out of 67 in the percentage of, of residents vaccinated. We are over 16,000 residents thus far. Um, and there's our COVID update for February. Any questions? Actually, you answered all the questions I uh, really had, and one of, one of them was that uh, if each dose uh, injected right now had a correspondent uh, booster slash second dose, but apparently you said that they're coming in and that uh, that's under control. Other than that, I just uh, want to let you and anybody out front that is doing the job you're doing, if there's anything we could do that's legal and ethical that we could do, please don't hesitate and ask. That's what we're here for. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We'll now move to agenda item number three, presentation employee awards recognition. Mr. Mayor. Thank you, Honorable Mayor City Council. As part of our ongoing efforts, at least for my part, uh, to recognize that our success of our city is directly dependent upon our staff. It's dependent on our employees. We have hundreds of employees who perform outstanding jobs every day, and while everyone doesn't always make the list, uh, we do want to continue to recognize the outstanding job, the commitment, and the excellence that our staff continually display. And so with that, this morning we have Ben to uh, point out this month's employee updates. Thank you, Ben. Absolutely. Good morning, Honorable Mayor and Council, City Council. My name is Benjamin Willie. I'm the safety coordinator for the city and the HR representative for today, so I get to talk about some feel-good things. Um, you know, it's a pleasure for me this morning to tell you about a few of the remarkable achievements and recognitions our employees have received from citizens. So first, we want to talk about a few of the retirees that we have going on. We have three people, and we want to spend, uh, send out a special thank you to our retirement folks for their dedicated service to the city, and wish them the best of luck on the retirement. First, we have Fred Vitagliano uh, from Public Works. He's worked with the city for about 16 years. He started with the Parks Department as a groundskeeper and worked his way all the way up Public Works Supervisor. As Supervisor, he was responsible for overseeing and maintaining all the city facilities. I personally worked with him. He's an amazing person, and uh, he definitely would be missed. Uh, Bill Rye from the Code Enforcement uh, Department uh, worked with the city for 15, going on 16 years. He started out as a staff assistant and then was promoted to a senior staff assistant and eventually reclassed to Code Enforcement Clerk. His primary responsibilities were to do administrative tasks and uh, stuff being taken to the code board hearing. However, he performed several other administrative responsibilities for code enforcement, including working really closely with the manager and a number of issues, processing legal claims, and so on and so forth. Um, next, we have Mike Hayden, uh, also from code enforcement, served as code enforcement officer for 14, going on 15 years. Uh, he was responsible for enforcing Palm Coast City Land Development Building Code. In addition, um, he was a certified control, uh, animal control officer and was called upon numerous times to serve in that capacity. And between these three retirees, they're about 45 to 46 years of experience uh, leaving the city. Uh, they will most certainly be missed and we wish them all the best. 
So on this slide, we have three employees here who went above and beyond uh, the call of their job, uh, definitely for where the citizens took their time to recognize them and write to us about a story regarding the outstanding job that they did uh, for them. Uh, first, we have Hector Olivaria. Um, this was a resident, a resident sent in a message of gratitude, and I quote, I would like to give praise to the City of Palm Coast employee, Hector Olivaria. On the morning of November 2020, Hector located a piece of outgoing mail which was dropped off at the main Palm Coast post office location around one o'clock in the morning. Due to possible tampering in the drop box, my mail ended up in the center median of the Palm Coast Parkway near US-1 before it could be taken into position by the post, officer, post office. Hector recognized the papers to not be apparent trash, and he contacted me, and he, you know, I'm a, he said, I'm a state trooper with the Florida Highway Patrol, and uh, Hector let me know that some of my information may have been compromised. And he went out as in, uh, you know, and out of his way to do that instead of throwing it away. I'd like to thank Hector for going above and beyond, as he could have just collected those papers, thrown them away, and I would have never known they did not reach their destination. I very much appreciate Hector for his integrity and willingness to help citizens in the city of Palm Coast. Next, we have a story called "Looking for Lucy," and this involves Heather Priestap and Shelley Burton, a resident sent in her story regarding um, the Animal Control Division. She wrote, "Looking for Lucy." that's her dog, um, was a lesson I had to be taught. The dedication of the City of Palm Coast Animal Control Officers, Shelley Burton, Heather Priestap, along with Caroline Johnson and Jill Scott are and were amazing. Their teachings to me regarding the successful search for my lost pet is gratitude from all of them and their commitment to helping lost pets be reunited with their families. I also have extreme gratitude for their commitment as well for the, uh, to their, their community and they had been looking for uh, Lucy. Uh, we're very happy Lucy was able to find her way back home. Uh, also, a citizen wrote in telling us about how Shelley Burton helped her through a few stressful times, including a distressed bird and also when her dog was hit by a car. Uh, the citizen said Shelley went above and beyond the distance of uh, compassion, even calling her three weeks later to see how she was doing. I think these stories really highlight how our employees really do care for the citizens and that we do our best to help in any way that we and then lastly, the city would like to express a job well done to the following 19 staff members you see on the slide who received resident compliments for providing excellent customer service. So a big thank you to all of these employees. We know you've worked really hard for this accomplishment and we truly appreciate your dedication. Thank you. Thank you. And to item number four is the approval of the minutes of February 2nd, 2021 business meeting. February 9, 2021 workshop meeting. Do I have an approval? I make that motion for approval. Second. Moved and seconded. All those in favor, please say aye. 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 Any opposed? Seeing none, passes unanimously. Agenda item number five is an ordinance. Mr. Rosen. Mayor, Council, an ordinance of the City Council, City of Palm Coast, order for road closure of slow way, the roadway within the City of Palm Coast as recorded in Platte Book 17, page 48, providing for severability conflicts and providing for an effective date. Uh, thank you, Honorable Mayor, City Council. I have nothing to add from our uh, discussion last week. Uh, we do have staff if there are additional questions. Council, any questions or comments on this agenda item? I, I just want to add that uh, upon having staff and the chief fire chief tell me, guarantee me basically that uh, this will not present a uh, response time problem, I'm satisfied with that. Let's open up to public comment. Anyone who wants to make a public comment on this agenda item, please do so. 
Hello, so my name is Brian Burke. I'm a resident of Sloganeer Trail, and I have a number of concerns on what was presented in the workshop, one of which was a comment that said that they had emailed a notice about a meeting about the flowway closure to local residents, and they got a very low turnout. I'm not surprised. I could not find anyone that I know that got the email. And so are we adequately surveying the residents on this is my first question. My second question relates to that slowway closure is not only used by Palm Coast residents, but by my neighbors that live on 325 and 330, which are directly adjacent to our property. Are they being considered also? Have they been surveyed? Because this impacts not only Palm Coast, but people outside, my neighbors that I like to visit. I'd also like to comment that one of the comments that was made was it would only be a 40-second addition to my drive time. And I looked on Google Maps. It's a 1.1-mile additional drive for me. If I do 1.1 miles in 40 seconds, about four-tenths of the mile is in my neighborhood, and I only have to average 99 miles an hour for the entire trip to do that trip in 40 seconds. That does not include any time that might be occurred by waiting to get onto the heavily trafficked Sloganeer, or not Sloganeer, uh, Seminole Woods Boulevard, nor does it account for the time that I would sit at a red light. That's one of the other concerns I have. I have another concern that um, the residents, myself included, often jog, walk, and use slow way to access 330 and 325 because they're lightly traveled roads. What, what accommodations for people who are using walking, bicycles, golf carts, that travel that road frequently, what accommodations are being made? And my comment also on the distance change and the time is that I have a neighbor behind me. If you close slow way, instead of being one-tenth of a mile to get to my neighbor, I now have a 3.2-mile drive to get to my neighbor who lives directly behind me. So this is a huge impact to the locals. I don't feel the locals have been surveyed. Slow, the, the County Road 325 is a very narrow dirt road. I under, my understanding, as best I can tell, is there will be gates on both sides. It's unclear because I cannot find any information on what this will look like. But if there are gates on both sides, that road is a dead end. Someone will have to make a U-turn on a very narrow road. Only way to do that is either to drive to other people's property or to make drive on their driveways to make the U-turn. Some of the complaints are that people drive on their lawns, that some hooligans and things like this would drive on people's lawns. Do we think the gate will stop them from seeing the gate and go, oh, I can't drive through the lawn anymore? And so there's a number of concerns that I have. I haven't been able to address them all. But I think that we have not adequately addressed the issues that are many in this district. Thank you for your comments. Next speaker. Jody Holly, Palm Coast. I'm actually a resident on one side of Slow Way. And to answer some of the gentleman's questions, children have been almost hit getting on and off school buses. The resident's property is being destroyed. My neighbor has replaced his fence seven or eight times. My other neighbor has replaced his mailbox annually from people cutting through too fast on a road that is not capable of handling that sort of traffic. There's incredible noise. There are semis that come through there. I have pictures. I have sat there and taken pictures of semis coming down 325. Those residential streets are not built for that kind of a 
transportation. So it's destroying the road infrastructure. It is a resident safety issue and it's a neighborhood. It's not a main thoroughfare. Um, it decreases the property values. Would you want to live on a street where a semi comes through two or three times a week or more because it happens more? And also, there were neighborhood meetings going back to October to discuss this issue, and this gentleman never showed up because I was there. Thank you. Your comments. Next speaker. public comment um, before you respond mr. Martin can you tell me how this issue came about was it driven on a resident complaint yes mayor this was driven on a residents complaint this issue actually goes back many years have been raised with previous administrations um, I received several emails from some residents asking us to conduct a site visit uh, we did that with staff and I believe councilmember Nick Klufus went out and met probably 20 to 25 residents on site in an afternoon spent about an hour um, examining the site looking at traffic um, and then Jason has the details, I believe, but went through public uh, notification, public meetings, and process to get us to this point here today. So following that, and as we move forward um, with this item, we used our uh, utility billing email addresses and geofenced the area of slow drift and um, sloganeer and emailed. Uh, that produced 40 uh, email addresses, and we emailed them uh, previous to our uh, second on-site uh, neighborhood meeting, uh, which we held uh, on, on the corner of Slow Way. And then again, uh, we used the same email addresses again and sent out a notification for this meeting uh, to make sure we uh, tried to touch as many residents as we could with those email addresses. So can you please respond to um, the first gentleman's questions? We have already responded to the notification, uh, how that occurred to how many residents um, and then can you talk about the survey, the gate, the 1.1 mile, walking, bicycling, U-turn, all of those issues? Sure. Uh, so this is, if you look on the screen, this is the design. The fence extends all the way to onto the neighbor's properties with, their, with discussion with you know, neighbors on each side. They've agreed to extend it. So the first, uh, one of the questions was, what, will they just avoid the gate? and drive on the grass, and that'll be uh, solved by some fencing. Uh, it's, uh, if you remember from last week, it's a, a um, rubber-coated fence black uh, to blend in as best as possible. There is a, a Z-shaped uh, opening for a uh, walking path, so your pedestrians will still be able to um, go through the gate. Uh, the gate will have a knocked box with a common lock for emergency services. Did I miss something, Mayor? That's one. I mean, walking, bicycling. Did yep, you you'll be able to go through the. There's a 30-inch opening in the in the um, gate in a Z shape, so you don't you wouldn't just walk straight through it. You go through it and then make a little a little turn in it. So to that and that's to um, stop uh, motorcycles from going through it. But pedestrians and bicycles will be able to go through it. Council, are there any questions or comments on this issue? Council will entertain a motion. I'll make the motion to approve this item. I'll second it. Moved and seconded. All those in favor, please say aye. 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 Any opposed? Seeing none, it passes unanimously.
We'll now move to the consent agenda. Any resident wish to speak on six, seven, eight, nine, or 10, please do so at this time. public comment ask for a motion to approve the consent agenda as read motion to approve the consent agenda as read I'll second it it's been seconded all those in favor please say aye aye, aye. opposed seeing none it passes unanimously public participation open to the public for anyone that's chosen not to speak at the beginning of the meeting for items not on the agenda you have up to three minutes please state your name for the record and your three minutes will begin Discussion by City Council of Matters Not on the Agenda. Vice Mayor Brinkley. <coughs> well, I had to, I'll bring it to one only. Uh, and apparently, I, I read in the papers, and apparently somebody misunderstood me, or misunderstood me, that uh, I was against any type of security here. I'm not against any type of security. Uh, when it needs to be done, it needs to be done. What I'm against, it's some wacko slash nut job that wraps himself in the most beautiful flag that exists in the world and does exactly here what that flag doesn't stand for. That I want to make clear. And if any one of us here know who that person is, you should call them aside and tell them, don't do that because you're costing us a lot. I'd, I'd also just like to thank the um, employees of the city, those all that were recognized, and um, also those that just do their part every day to make sure that uh, the city interactions with our residents are positive. And I've noticeably gained more positive feedback. Um, every month, it seems like I get more and more uh, comments and notes and emails that people are doing the right thing out there. So it's just an overall good vibe, and I think uh, it's representative of our culture changing into a positive direction. But again, I hate that it can be one bad apple to ruin it for everybody. Uh, but yep, thanks to all the city and staff, those recognized and those who, who weren't. Yeah. Council Member Bordeaux. Yeah, uh, for the record, I'd like to follow up on a comment made by uh, Councilman Edinko on Facebook. If I could read it. Posted, I attended a great meeting today concerning the dredging of saltwater canals in the C-section hosted by Alan Lowe in his home and on Zoom. This is a serious issue that must be addressed by the city of Palm Coast. Alamo continues to show dedication and leadership, which is why he has my full support for his run for Palm Coast City Council. This election is now less than 18 months away. Sad to see that the current city councilman who represents the C-section didn't bother to show up. Uh, I never got an invitation to this uh, meeting. I don't know if anybody else on the council got an invitation. Uh, and I don't know why he's uh, singling out, but I'm not doing my job. That's all I need to say. Okay. Council Member Danko. Well, I'll be happy to respond. I believe you did get an invitation from Mr. Lowe. He's sitting out in the audience. It is your district. You did not show up. I did show up. I just asked the council. Everybody said nobody got an invitation. It's public records. I'm sorry. I was, told, I was told you got an invitation. Check your if facts. you did not get an invitation, I apologize. 
conclude your comments, Councilmember Danko? Yeah, I have no other comments. If nothing at this time, discussion by City Attorney of Matters not on the agenda. Nothing, Mayor. Discussion by City Manager of Matters not on the agenda. Nothing. You got that gavel ready? Yes. I'm going to come on.